All right, y'all ready? Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I'm going to share this with you. One of the things that's very important, you all, if God wants to remind you about a particular topic, you need to listen to that particular topic. So what I'm going to share, you know, this month and this today um, is a refresher for some of you. It'll be a reminder for others about how far the Lord has brought you. For some of you, it will be an encouragement for you to do the right thing. For some of you, you could possibly be convicted, and that's okay. Don't be an individual that never wants to hear what you're doing wrong. You'll be set aside, and your destiny will be given to another. You know, God uses people that have a... How many know um, David slept with a woman that was not his wife? She was married to another man, and then he had the man killed on purpose. Later, God said about David, he's a man after my own heart. You're like, but he, he had a bad moment, but he was very repentive. God is not. God knows that you're crazy and that you've made mistakes and that you did it a hundred million times. But God is close to people that are repentant. Lord, I'm just sorry. I did this for the ninetieth time. And 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 God is closer to people like that than those who, in their mind, have never seen, so they think they're better than somebody. And there's a parable in there like that. So we're gonna go over this. This is very much a month of consecration. Um, when you study the scripture before the Lord was getting ready to do wonders in the midst of Israel or take them to the next level, he would warn them. He said, now look, you're getting ready to go to the next level. Before you do, let me talk to you about some stuff. Doggone it. Hold on a second. I just remembered something. And that might have been the Holy Spirit. Do, 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 do. One second, you all. There it is. Bam. So I am going to bingo. That's Jesus right there. It kicked in without the Internet. Okay. So I'm going to give you a dream um, that was given by one of our prophetic people. Um, the dream was about Riverdale. And I understand that uh, I might have to repeat this dream because you have revolving members throughout the month. You know what I'm saying? My previous pastor told me, he said, you never see your congregation in one moment. He said, you generally see the entire congregation in about a month, month and a half, because some are out of town because it's Labor Day weekend. Some are at Bedside Tabernacle because it looked like it was going to rain, so they decided to stay in and, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So this was a dream that was given, but it, the dream was focused on the Riverdale site, okay? It says, I was at the church in Riverdale. There were a lot of people that were there that had never been there before. They were people from all walks of life, and they were doing all kinds of things, drinking, smoking, cussing. I was walking around observing their behavior. I was extremely frustrated because this is the church, and they were behaving like they were at the club. It was so many of them behaving that way. Finally, one man seemed like he snapped out of it and realized that he needed help. So the word for Riverdale is what is done in secret will be brought into the light. Don't be deceived. I have seen it all, says the Lord. The secret lives that you are living and everything. Repent and turn away from wickedness. I have given you time. I have extended my hand of mercy. I have enlightened you with truth. You have chosen wickedness time and again. Turn to me and I will heal your wounds. Repent, and I will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Your time of grace is running out. Truly turn to me. This is your last warning. And so 
and then the person gave a small side note. This dream was given to me actually in September of 2020. The Lord started bringing it back a couple weeks ago. I wasn't exactly sure why. I believe part of the reason why is to illustrate the amount of time that has gone by that he has extended mercy and grace. Almost two whole years. At the time that I had the dream, the individuals engaging in that activity were new and really didn't know any better. At this point, they now know better, so the mercy and grace is running out. They are no longer being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They have been enlightened with truth. They have received solid teaching and direction. They have received the Holy Ghost who leads into all truth and brings conviction. Now they are willfully choosing sin. And the Lord is not playing games. He has a plan for his church. The Riverdale location is at the cusp of something great. If these individuals don't repent, they will simply be removed. Then she gave a scripture, Hebrews 10:26. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. James 4, 17, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Everybody say A to the man. Ooh, it's fire and brimstone right there. No, it's not. People call it fire and brimstone. That's God. That's called mercy. God created things a particular way. So this is a month of consecration. This will probably be, I'm not going to say that. I started to say this may be one of the harder teachings. But the Bible says God chastises those that he loves. He chastises those that he loves. So as a reminder, it's a conviction for some of us. You know, I was greatly frustrated if you watched me on Wednesday night. You know, I expressed that frustration. And, uh, but Jesus got more frustrated than I did. When Jesus got frustrated, stuff got broken. Folk got told off. Their mamas got talked about. I mean, seriously, Jesus was quick to talk about your relatives. You know, and he said, your father is the devil. You act just like him. I mean, he was just going off on people. You know, but, um, but the Lord talked to me about that frustration. And, and one, he said, you're frust-. I was walking on the floor praying. And the Lord said, since you're so frustrated, let me talk to you about it. He said, your frustration is coming from three areas, and two of them are you. And so he began to talk to me about something that I did not think it was pride, but it was. When he showed it to me, I was like, oh. And he said, yeah, you're kind of holding up my progress because of the way that you think. So I had to adjust that immediately, which I did. With me, I don't have to do no sackcloth and ashes. I don't need a special prayer session. I don't need you to anoint me with oil and come pray for me while I'm crying, all that type of stuff. One thing the Lord knows about me, if I find out I'm wrong, I don't even have to pray. Repent means change. It doesn't mean fall on your knees and pray. So that's one of the reasons why the Lord uses me to do certain things is because I'm quick to repent. When, when the Lord shows me something, there's no argument. It doesn't matter how I feel. That's why I've done crazy things like stood up in front of a congregation and repented of something that I did. No, it wasn't adultery, nothing like that. And Chrissy, first time visitors, they'd be like, see, I knew. No, you didn't know anything. You know, but there have been moments of pride in the ministry where I did something and the Lord didn't like it. And one in particular, it was between me and another guy. And he was 100% wrong, but my response was just as wrong. It was only between him and I, let the, yet the Lord made me repent to the whole congregation in front of the man, even though they knew nothing about it. See, that's how, that's how some men keep on going up and some keep on going down. 
And so God is not interested in my preaching. He's interested in my character. How many of you know Jesus could preach circles around me? Okay, so these things are very, very important. So I just wanted to read that to you before we get into this lesson. And I'll probably read it again every month because, again, notice it says that the Riverdale location is on the cusp of something great. And you can't go into that greatness with a bunch of baggage from the dark side. It'll slow you down. The Bible says lay aside every sin and weight. Okay, y'all got me. So this might be a typically harder message. I'm going to just kind of read through it, but you can take it. Matthew 7, 13. Bingo. It says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, which means wide. And its gate is, well, its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Notice it says many choose that way. Most people don't that go to hell, they don't go there. They chose to go there. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult. Everyone say difficult. And only a few ever find it. Now that's very important. He said the road is difficult. You're going to only get a reward if you get to the end of the road. He said, but very few people even find the road. So there are very few people who find the road, let alone there are fewer people who start going down the road successfully, and there are even fewer people that make it to the end of the road. That's why the scripture says, in the last days, many shall depart from the faith. They were on the road <laughs> and chose to get off at the wrong exit. That's crazy, isn't it? How many know, how many know, how many know we, are, we are in that number called the few? I don't care what this world does, and they are getting ready to do some very, very goofy stuff, y'all. There is a new level of sin and lust that is getting ready to come into the planet. And if you're not sold out to Christ, that stuff is going to swallow you up whole like a whale. This stuff that they got coming, man, woo-wee. This is some amazing type sin today. Bible says in the last days, men would be inventors of evil things. And that's a new level of sin, a new level of lust, a new level of everything that's getting ready to hit. And it's all for the purpose of saying, let's see who really is for me or who just pretending. So once you get on that road, Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. It's the most important thing for your entire life. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I got a slight echo, Stephen. I don't have a slight echo. I don't know if you can adjust it, but if not, it's okay. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Okay, so it's telling you this rest of your life when you give your life to Christ, focus on learning about heaven. And it says if you do the right thing and you live this Christian life successfully, it says you're going to share with every single thing Christ has. That is still always mind blowing to me every time I read that, because how many of you know that if all Jesus had was the universe, that's too much right there. They say that there are more universes, not planets. There are more universes than people that exist, you know, and. And, you know, I don't know if y'all understand this, but when they, how many of you sometimes see in the news, you know, like on the news this week, they said they found another universe. And, uh, or was a galaxy? I might be messing this up. It's a galaxy. It's not a universe. The universe is the whole thing. The galaxies 
are the galaxies in the universe, and then the planetary systems are those that are in the galaxy, correct? <laughs> she like, I don't know. <laughs> it's new information to me. Okay, so, but they found another galaxy, and, and when they'll say certain things like, in order to get to it, it would take 60,000 light years. How many of y'all have heard that? <laughs> y'all don't watch nothing about outer space, do y'all? With the speed of light, who knows how fast the speed of light travels? Anybody? 180,000 miles a second? Okay, there it is, yeah. I knew it was, it was hundreds of, it's 180,000 miles a second. That's how fast light travels. So when they say a planetary system or a galaxy is 60,000 light years away, they're saying that you have to travel 180,000 miles an hour for 60,000 years to get to that next galaxy. Yeah, 180,000 miles per second for 60,000 years just to get to the next galaxy. That's beyond crazy. Okay, now, and the Lord is saying that you're getting ready to share with all that he has, but that's not all that there is. The universe is not all that there is. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into your imagination what God has reserved for those that loved him. He said, you've never seen it. So which means when you can look into the universe, that's not it. He said, the light in heaven is seven times brighter than the noonday sun. The universe is the darkness. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So we don't know how much the Lord owns, and you got to really, really broaden the scope of who you are when Jesus says, if you do this right, you're going to share everything that I own. I'm trying to get it all. I have to be totally honest with y'all. I now, honestly, I'm not getting ready to change, nothing to have, no title, and coming here with a crown, all that foolishness. But honest to God, God called us kings, lords, priests, all of that. So what I started to do is I started to live my life from that place. In other words, I, honest to God, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I no longer see myself as a pastor. I'm seeing myself as a king. And so if we're going to be a king forever, then I need to start carrying myself that way now. You know what I'm saying? And so everything that I'm doing, even, even now when I pastor, I see myself as a king that is leading other kings in the war, king that are leading others into heaven. I'm trying to live from that place because I'm a citizen of that place now. You know what I'm saying? Quit, quit living according to what they're telling you you are in the world. Because what they told you in the world is not even true. All of these terms that we created, white, black, who came up with these terms? Kids don't come out the womb knowing that. I never forget when my oldest daughter, Mariah, when we were a kid, I might have mentioned this recently, it seemed like I did. You know, she asked us a question one time. My wife and I were having a conversation one time in the kitchen. And, um, and uh, so we were trying to decipher who this individual was. I said, you talking about the white lady with the blonde hair? And so we were talking, and then my daughter walked up to me. She said, why do y'all call him white? Children don't come out the womb knowing that you're black or Indian or, or Hispanic. They don't come out. You have to be told what you are. And you believe what they told you and won't believe what God told you. And what God told you is true. What they told you is the, uh, the corner they want to put you in. It's amazing. You know, I got on this Nigerian outfit. When I started wearing these outfits in America, I started realizing what Middle Eastern people deal with. Because I start realizing, when I start wearing these outfits, I notice how many people start looking at me funny. Racist funny. That you can't be American, you one of them from over there. It's very interesting how people start looking at me. You know me, I care it's not. I just, man, <laughs> I just care not. I just care nothing about what you think about me. 
I mean, no, a king don't care nothing about what you think. Y'all got me? Matthew 24, 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere. I mean, no, that's true. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the what? The what? The what? End will be saved. Hebrews 3.13. You must warn each other every day. While it, so we need to be keeping another, each other in check with this. You need to see, hey, you still living right? Yeah. I almost slipped that with Bebe the other day, but I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to, got to, and some people, sometimes, I know, your friends, you know, you don't have a good friend unless you have a friend that's going to put you in check sometime. You know, you need a friend that right in the midst of worship, you, how great thou art, and your friend is lifting their hands with a stick of gum, right? Do <laughs> you like a piece of gum? No, I'm good. No, no, go ahead and take this piece of gum. You need a friend that's going to tell you stuff like that. And there are some people, they, 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 they can be a hot mess, and, and people, you know what I'm saying. It, people are crazy out here. Y'all can tell I've been running into them. But it says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today, because one day today won't exist. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the what? Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. There it is again. If you do the right thing to the end, every single thing that Christ has, he is going to share it with you. Man, I'm just, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about you move into, just for the guys, you move into a neighborhood and the guy down the street, he has a Rolls Royce a Mercedes truck, he has a Lamborghini, he got Ferraris, and when you move into the neighborhood, y'all get to talking, and because he likes you, he say, hey man, my stuff is your stuff. Use it anytime you want to, it's yours. You don't even have to ask. Now some of y'all would be like, no, no, no. Let me tell you, the next scene <laughs> is going to be me screaming down I-20 in that Lambo. <laughs> Go turbo acting a fool again. You got to know when to say no. You got to know when to say okay. And sometimes when you say okay, you got to say it like this. Okay, then you're gone. But I want you to think because there are going to be some people that will have false humility. Jesus is going to say this universe is yours. This dimension is yours. And this seventh dimension over here that you didn't know existed is also yours. I can't take that, Lord. Yes, you can. You're going to take it. Because you are, did not I say you would rule and reign with me? It's so funny. Everybody's just trying to go to heaven. And Jesus is trying to get you to live your life so you can rule. He just said focus on heaven. He's trying to, everything that he, every single thing. Uh, you are all right now kings in training. That's why the Lord will ride you if you don't walk in love. Because in heaven, there is not one ounce of hatred. There is not one ounce of gossip. There's not one ounce of backstabbing. There's not one ounce of fear. So he's always putting you into scenarios and equations and circumstances to get as much as that out of you so that you can maybe not have to go to school as long as you should. How I many know you can go to high school and start taking college classes? And then when you go to college, you graduate in two years instead of four. You understand what I'm saying? 
Well, that's also true in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we all got to go back to school for a long time. A really long time. <laughs> okay, so let's look at the next scripture. Galatians 6, 8 through 9. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. You see, I can tell this is a conviction mechanism because we got all that hollering and screaming and running around and everybody's real quiet. They're like, oh, I know something is going to come down the pipe to show me I need to fall on my knees, Lord. Yep, I already did. Mine is your turn today. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So remember this. This is very important because sin will deceive you because of what the scripture says. How many know? God said, if you sin, I will forgive you and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right? So because of that, if you're not careful, you'll fall into a tendency to sin on a regular basis because you know that God is going to forgive you. Even though God said, now don't get it twisted. I'm not mocked. Don't be deceived. Why should when it come to sin? If you keep on doing it, I'll forgive you. But you forgot one thing. He said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked because whatever you sow, you still got to reap. So, so you can watch this. So here's the square where you mess up. And so you recognize you messed up when you move over to the square. So God then forgives you. He cleanses you from unrighteousness, but unfortunately, you still sold something in the square. And so a lot of people are dealing with trouble in their life because they won't stay out of the square sins. Let me repeat that. They won't stay out of the garden where you just sowed the wrong seed. So they just keep sinning, and then they come out of it, then they sin, they come out of it, they sin, they come out of it, they sin, they come out of it, they sin, they come out of it. And guess what? God has forgiven you of all of the sin. He's cleansed you from all of the unrighteousness. He said, I'll throw your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I will not remember them anymore. But unfortunately, you're going to run in the trees around your house that keep popping up, and you don't know where they came from. Because, unfortunately, I can't break spiritual law that says whatsoever you sow, you have to reap. So if you sow to the sin flesh, you got to reap from that area. If you sow to the spirit, you got to reap to that area. Hence, this is why you want to live as clean as possible. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, the cool thing is when you sow bad seed and it shows up, then God will be with you in the midst of the tribulation that you created. And he said, I'll never let you actually sow something that is too difficult for you to get out of. But it's very mysterious. A lot of us have created our own problems and we blame it on the devil. And so that's why the devil always wants to keep Christians in that particular realm because he knows that oh, he's getting you to sow bad seed. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will always exist. In other cultures, they call it karma. What goes around, come around. The Bible says what good thing you do for another, the same shall you receive of the Lord. Everybody say, stop sowing bad seed. And the enemy was going to lead you into stuff. Oh, he got another one. I'm telling you. First in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1.14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways. How many know that's easier said than done sometimes? Or living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do just as God who chose you is holy. 
For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am. God doesn't like unholy children. How many of you know? How, here we go. Parents, how many, how many of you have said this to your children? Don't go up in this school embarrassing me. Why? Why do, you, why do you want your children to be little Johnny and little April and everybody else and, and, and Quantavius and, and Tyrone and Felicia and all of these names that we got that are wonderful? Okay, You know what's funny? You know, never mind, I don't know. I'll start to say that. No, I was, I'll start to say that some of the names that some people kind of laugh at sometimes, these names are actually in other cultures. They really are. Some of the female names, we go right over to India where Vinod came from. They have some of the same names. Okay, a name is just normal to you. You might think a Chinese name is strange, but my kids went to school with Chinese people and they thought our names were strange. Because you grew up believing what you want to believe. Anyway, what was I getting ready to talk about? I'm going to get back to my point. Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you, so, so why do you want your kids to behave at school? Because it's a reflection on who you are as a parent. How many of you have looked at a child and said, mm, they have terrible parents. They might have had good parents, but the ba based on the behavior of the child, I remember, I'll never forget my wife and I, we were someplace, I think it was a doctor's office, and we went in there, and, and I overheard this gentleman say about our kids. He said, you can tell that they're well-trained. Because they were just sitting there, and they weren't tearing up the doctor's office and trying to put the stethoscope on the head and all that type of stuff. You know, and I, and I overheard him say that. He said, yeah, you can definitely tell they're royal trained. See, the behavior of the children, that was a reflection on the parents. Well, God hates it when his children are in planet Earth. And the way that you live is a total opposite reflection of who he is as a father. They will know you by your love. <laughs> well, God is love. Well, we can't tell by the way the Christians act. And so God is looking at all of his children except the ones in here. Yeah, I was a little weak there. Some of y'all like. I want you to remember that. Do you put a smile on God's face every day? Does he say, I'm holy. Look at my child. I'm righteous. Look at my child. I'm not afraid of nothing. Look at my child. I'm bold, look at my child. I'm humble, look at my child. I'm rich, look at my child. Sickness and disease can't touch me, look at my child. See, it'll be hard for you to receive from God if you don't understand how he looks at you as a child. Religion has taught us that he looks at us like a slave, but you are a child. And so that's why you keep the same way that you tell your children, don't act a fool when you go to that school. It's the same way when God says, be holy. Because I am. Don't make me look bad in planet Earth. Ooh, Jesus. Y'all got that? <clears throat> Verse 17. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you did. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as what? Temporary residence. Most people living down here like this is their home. I'm going to give you a quick testimony of something. I won't mention her name. You never know who she was anyway because she doesn't go here. She lives in another state. She made one mistake, and she had a child that is very much physically impaired. Very, very bad. 
very bad. And, um, and so in many ways, people would say she has no life because 100% of the time is her consume, is 100% of her time is consumed with taking care of this child that is greatly physically impaired. And there are moments when she goes into deep, dark depression because the child came about as a result of one instruction the Lord told her not to do when they came to having sex with a particular gentleman that she wasn't married to. And so, and so, but what has, she told me, she said, what has kept my mind is understanding what the scripture says. This is temporary. She says, I'm going to go to a place where all of this will be over. I will be perfect. My child will be perfect. And the Bible says about heaven, it is a place where there is fullness of joy. Imagine the best moment of your life and how you felt at that moment. Imagine being able to capture that moment, multiply it times a million, and that's how you feel every second of the day. The Bible says heaven is a place of fullness of joy, and it says where at God's right hand pleasures are created forever. So she, so you have to see, this is not your place. I understand you want to get an education and get a degree and you want to build a business, but you got to put that in respect in regards to when you go to heaven, it's not like you can transfer your credits up there when you go to school. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? It ain't like you're going to transfer currency from your business. or So it's nothing wrong with doing those things as long as you believe you're supposed to do it. You keep it in its right you know, category, whatever. And keep God first, but these none of this stuff down here is not. Not only is it not going to transfer over, the Bible says we're going to destroy it all by fire. So your degree is going to be destroyed, your house is going to be destroyed, your cars are going to be destroyed, your bank account is going to be destroyed. Everything. Those little artifacts that we like to keep from when we were, you know, a kid or or a mom, and and sometimes people they have their parents' clothes. Uh, my grandfather, there's a belt that's transferred throughout our generations. My grand grandfather had it. He passed it to my dad. He passed it to me. I'm gonna pass it to my son. All of that stuff is going to be burned up. And then you got to one day stand before the Lord and they're going to say, Now how did you prepare for eternity? I went to church. I don't know how you prepare for eternity. <laughs> now, if you go to the right church, it can help you prepare for eternity. Everybody say amen. amen. But I was in church for years and didn't know none of what I teach. Thank God for deliverance, man. Matthew 7, 21. We going up and we going down at the same time. Not everyone who calls unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this scripture scares people, but I'm going to show you you didn't have anything. You don't have anything to be scared of, unless you ain't living right. Not everyone who calls to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many, this is scary, not a few, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. Mm-hmm, not impressed. Cast out demons in your name. Mm-hmm, not impressed with that either. Perform many miracles in your name. Not impressed with that either. And I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. That's the category of people he's talking about. These are people that are saved, probably. Because they said prophesy, did miracles, cast out demons. And the Lord said, I know you did all of that, uh, but, I, but you forgot that I'm only impressed with character. So I don't even know you because holiness gets you to heaven, not prophesying. You can't prophesy your way through the gate. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't go to the gate. Lord, look at all the, I, I killed a hundred demons. Uh, wonderful. I've killed all of them. You're not going to let me in because all these demons I cast out? Mm, that, that, that's not the ticket that you get up here. What about all of these miracles? You know, I walked on water and I did this and we had an event and then we did that. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. That's not the type of ticket that gets you to heaven. Holiness is the ticket that gets you to heaven. So you all that keep on breaking my laws and living a lifestyle of sin, uh, sorry. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Let's go to the next scripture. Luke 13, 24. Work hard. Everybody say work hard. To enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading. Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know who you are. That's a crazy thing. I don't even know where you came from. You know I came from planet Earth. I don't know that. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you. And we taught in your streets. Now, that term right there is, is, watch this. It says, we ate and drank with you, and we taught in your streets. And you taught in our streets. It didn't say nothing about they were listening. They said, you taught in our streets. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because the Lord is talking about those who have these religious excuses. Like, like let me in, Lord. No, I don't know who you are. Well, I have a praying grandmother. These little things like, what's your praying grandmother got to do with your ticket? You understand what I'm saying? And people will say stuff like that. Well, you know, I went to church, Lord, and my next door neighbor was a Christian, and I used to listen to them talk about you all the time. They're going to say stupid stuff like that. They're going to find any type of lame excuse to please let me in. I didn't live for you. I lived for the devil, but I can remember a couple of times. I even picked up a Bible at the hotel. It was a Gideon Bible, and I turned through the pages, Lord. And he's going to like, this is wonderful. Good for you. Not good for me. Y'all got me? Those little lame excuses. You know, the Lord knows my heart. Mm -hmm. He knows you got a rebellious heart. That's why you're living in sin. People crack. They, they think that they can fool the Lord. The Lord knows my heart. You're right. I don't think you know your heart. Because <laughs> the Bible says the heart can deceive you. I don't plan on going to heaven with any excuses, y'all. I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm trying. And, and because, you know, the Bible says work hard. You don't get to a position as a Christian and then you're good. I mean, sometimes the better you get, the more there is to be revealed. Sometimes you got to get to a certain level of maturity before God can really start dealing with those old weeds that you forgot about. That Wednesday night, that was the Lord talking to me about stuff I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know that stuff existed. Is the Lord doing this to make me feel bad? No. He's like, so, you know what? Any of you ever seen someone that has to go through an operation? And what do they do? They said, this, uh, this operation is going to be so tough, we need to build you up first. They'll put you on a special drink or some vitamins or we need to get your blood count up first. Because this operation is a little bit traumatic, and it's good for you, but you got to go into it with a certain amount of strength. So it's the same way. There are certain things that God hasn't revealed to you yet because you're not strong enough to hear it because of your mentality. You'll see it as God hating you. He's trying to save you. He said, I only chastise people that I love. But it's certain, you got to get to a certain mentality where what I tell you, you receive it as love and not hate. 
God just hating on me. No, he is not hating on you. He does not do hate. There is no instruction that is in the Bible that is for your demise. Every single thing that has ever come out of God's mouth is for your lifting. It's for your prosperity. But when you've been programmed a particular way. I met a lady one time. She had a hard time hearing chastisement from God because she had a terrible father. And then I met a girl who she had a hard time believing that God loved her more than her natural father. But you got to get in the word. Because let me tell you something. Some of us had good parents. Some of us had okay parents. Some of us had terrible parents. And some of us didn't have parents at all. But remember this. God is your parent. Who you call your parents are just simply your surrogates. When you get to heaven, you're going to say things like this. You know, I'll be talking to somebody. I'll be talking to Charles. Well, Charles already knows who I am. So I'll be talking to somebody and, and my wife will walk up. And that, this is how the conversation will go. Oh, this is Lorana. She was my wife in the previous life. Oh, see, yeah, he was my, he was my dad in earth. The Bible says even when you're married, you won't be married in heaven. You're going to be recreated again. You get saved, you get recreated. Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Some people are like, thank God I'm not going to be married. <laughs> Y'all got me? Let's finish reading this. He said, I don't know where you, I don't know you. I don't know where you came from in verse 27. Get away from me. Here we go again. All you who do evil. You didn't live correctly. <laughs> there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you'll see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. That's a sad thing. People will come from all over the world, from east, west, north, south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. How I many know God has a place for you? I won't mind to be right next to Jesus. And note this. <laughs> this is a special note. Some, not all, some who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Be careful who you look down on. And some, not all, who are the greatest now will be the least important then. So you're going to see, sometimes you're going to see pastors and businessmen just keepers of the door, and you're going to see homeless men as kings. Can I tell you a quick story right quick because I'm almost done? And don't forget this, Rick Joyner was in heaven. And the Lord was giving him a tour and different things like that. No, 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 no. It wasn't the Lord. It was an angel. And so he said he noticed this man sitting on a particular high-level throne in, the, in heaven. And um, he said, I recognize that man. And the angel told him, he said, oh, yeah. He said, that was the homeless guy on planet Earth we kept trying to get you to minister to. And, and he said, and, and he, was on the he was on the streets passing out tracks. He said, you even drove by with your pastor's friends and said that he was a tool of the devil <laughs> being used to turn people off from the gospel. See, I'm not trying to hear that type of stuff when I get up there. I'm not trying to hear that. And then the Lord told him, I think it was angel. No, my, no, okay, it was the Lord. He said, I even gave you a dream about the guy. He said, I'm going to bring the dream. He said, now the dream was a test. He said, in the dream, he said, I showed you a guy who he, um, he was going around and he was preaching the gospel. He was getting people saved. He was living right. He was doing all those different type of things. He said, then I gave you in the same vision dream. He said, you saw another man and he was in an alley. He was really frustrated. He said he got ready to kick a cat with all of his strength. 
But at the last moment, he restrained himself. He just moved the cat out of the way. He said, which one pleased me more? He said, of course, the guy that was preaching the gospel. He said, wrong, the homeless guy. Let me explain why. He said, the guy that was preaching the gospel was like Otha. He grew up in an excellent household, didn't have any negative things that happened to him. He got saved. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing everything. But he was only doing 80% of what he could do. He said the homeless man from birth was passed around and left at a doorstep. He was an orphan for almost all of his life. The list goes on and on and on. He ended up homeless. He said he got saved off of a track he found in the alley. Gave his life to me. And as a result of what he read in the track, he realized that he was homeless, but he was actually a son of God. And so the little cardboard box that he was standing in the alley, he pretended like it was a mansion. So he said he was angry, got ready to kick that cat, but then he recognized who he was and he restrained himself. He said, now the man began to save up Coke bottles and pop bottles and he would buy tracks and pass them out on the street. You said he was an agent of the devil. He was actually a son of God, unlearned, untrained, but doing 100% of what he knew. That is beyond crazy. That's what I tell you, got it in the titles. He's looking at motives. He's looking at actions. You understand what I'm saying? God is looking at you. If he's looking at the homeless man that way, and he's looking at the preacher man that way, and you in the middle of those two men, he's sure looking at you that way. He's not a respecter of persons. And, and unfortunately, religion and the way that we have pushed things, it makes people feel like it's the pastor's church, and I'm just here to kind of like help him. You know what I'm saying? Is his time has come and I'm helping him build up his ministry. Nobody has a ministry. I don't own nothing. Y'all, let me tell you something. When we stand before the Lord, if the Lord looks at me, and I know I'm behind, and he says, you did 70% of what you could do, I get a reward based on the 70%. If you never become a minister, you never become a prophet, you never become an international evangelist and a prophetic person, but you do 90% of what you're supposed to do in your position, Guess who gets a greater reward? And guess whose throne will be bigger than mine? Yours! Because it's not based on title. It's based on what you did with what you were given. And people are not being taught that, so they don't value themselves correctly. I'm j I never forget, years ago, a lady from my previous Baptist church, she came to the church I was at, and I was walking her upstairs to the bar balcony. She said, what do you do here? I said, well, I'm an usher, and I was proud of that. She said, that's all? That's all. That's all. And that's all I told my wife I had I ever planned on being was an usher. I asked her on our date. You got any goals in life? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an usher at this church, and I'm going to work for the water city of Detroit Water and Sewage Department. I'll be there until we retire. I mean, no lords didn't apparently have, didn't agree with my plans. Y'all following me this morning? It's an excellent story. And so that's why you have to live your day, live every day because you're being watched. You're being, I mean, think about that. That homeless man didn't know he was being watched that way. That homeless man didn't know that Jesus was recording everything and was going to be given a throne. And Rick Jordan said when he was in heaven, the Lord showed him. He said, have you noticed that most of the high thrones are empty? He said, yes. He said, we can't find nobody qualified on planet Earth that's sold out for Christ to get these thrones. And then they asked him, do you want one? I'm trying to get a throne. I'm not trying to get a mansion. A mansion to take care of itself. If Jesus said you're supposed to rule and reign with him, that's the million-dollar question. Rule and reign over what? <laughs> it 
if it's just us up there. Y'all know what I'm saying? Because the watch this, and to prove that there are other beings and other what we call races and other creatures, when he said rule and reign with Christ, that scripture was written to every Christian. Which means it was designed for all of the Christians to get saved. I wish that all men would be saved. And for all of them to be kings. And for all of them to rule and reign with Christ. Not rule and reign over each other. Let's go ahead and close this. Hebrews 12, 14. I don't even know if I started it, but we're almost there. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. Did something stupid to get something cheap. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with tears. There are some mistakes you make, and you gave something away. You were forgiven. You were cleansed, but something got taken away from you. First Corinthians, First Chronicles, I'm sorry, 5, 1 through 2. The oldest son of Israel was Reuben. But since he dishonored his father by sleeping with one of his father's concubines, his birthright was given to the sons of his brother, Joseph. For this reason, Reuben is not listed in the genealogical records as the firstborn son. That's crazy. The descendants of Judah became the most powerful tribe and provided a ruler for the nation, but the birthright belonged to Joseph. God took away his right to be the firstborn child over that mistake. First Chronicles 10.13. So Saul died. Why? Because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command. He even consulted a witch instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. This man lost his kingdom. See, let me tell you something. If God will take away a man's kingdom on this side, there are a lot of people that are giving away their kingdom on the other side. I ain't trying to be that old Baptist crazy saying, I just want to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. I'm not living right to be some doorkeeper. How many of you rather be a king or a doorkeeper? It's always somebody crazy, though. I'm not even going to ask that question. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just crazy that's what you are nobody is doing all of this type of stuff to go upstairs to be a, you just a, you just standing at the gate letting everybody else go in and get go going and go into their mansion you just do trying to get a heavenly tip <laughs> i'm not doing that and because i'm striving for that y'all the lord is still chastising me he's still rebuking me he's still talking to me about areas of pride that i didn't know were there he's still talking about some of the areas of being raggedy i mean i'm a my, i'm a very good person i'm a person of excellent character that doesn't mean that i met god's standard just because i met your standards doesn't mean i met his y'all understand what i'm saying and you got to constantly seek the lord constantly seek the lord because you are being formed and shaped into the image of jesus christ and when you stand before the Lord and you see what he has, First Corinthians. All right, these are the last three. We're just going to read these because these are killers. First Corinthians 10.1. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. All of them walked through the sea on dry ground. And the cloud and in the sea all of them 
were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them. They were all getting the same spiritual food. They all were following an excellent leader. They all watched the miracles, and yet God was not pleased with most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened to them as a warning to us so that we would, here we go, so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did causing 23,000 of them to drop in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. How many of y'all believe that we're at the end of the age? So guess what? What the scripture is showing you here is that when these people fell into those different categories, those are the crazy, demonic, dramatic things that happened to them. So guess what? He's telling you it may not be that crazy and it may not be that dramatic. What he's telling you is if you do the same things, there are certain things that you're dealing with in your life that should not be there. There are certain things. One of the things he said, because they murmured, they got bit by snakes. Well, guess what? Because you're a murmurer and you're a complainer, there are certain things that have showed up in your life simply because you won't stop complaining. He said, I wrote this down to warn you. Well, why would he warn us if the same thing wasn't going to happen in another different type of way? People mad at God don't even know they're creating a problem. Let everybody say read. I'm just reading these. Second Peter 2, 1 through 10, second to the last one. But there were also false prophets in Israel. Oh, man, just as there will be false teachers among you, they will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. And this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many, not a few, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. I was telling them yesterday, my wife and I were looking at some new preacher show called, or movie called, um, um, honk for Jesus on Netflix and I know it's stupid I'm gonna probably still watch it it depends but I know it's stupid I generally don't watch unfortunately I, I generally don't watch anything that have movies that have to do with pastors because it's usually just making a mockery people who don't go to church they watch that foolishness and then when they see that I'm a pastor they think I'm doing what they're doing and so uh but anyway that's why it says the way of truth is slandered um and their greed they will make up clever lives to get a hold of your money. <laughs> but God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. Let me stop right there. I'm just add this, and then I'm just read through the rest. God does not like to use scare tactics, but he will if that's the only way to save you. Let me tell you something that's very, very horrific. Notice it said that the angels that sin, they're already in hell until the day of judgment. 
How many of you know that if I commit a major crime, the police officers are going to come arrest me? They're going to immediately put me in jail. And then a judgment date will be set. I will stand before the judge. They will say you are guilty. Then they will determine my sentence and then send me right back to where I came from. So one of the most horrific things is, is that people that reject Jesus, when they die, they are immediately snatched down. They immediately go to hell, immediate. And they go there. And some of them are like, man, this is crazy. You know, of course, they're not going to say it like that. They're there. But let me tell you what's even more terrible. They're there until the day of judgment. And the day of judgment did not take place in hell. It takes place in heaven. That's beyond horrific. You know, you know I, I know this may sound strange, but if I'm going, just let me go. Don't let me see what I'm going to miss out on. So every person is hell on the day of judgment. Everybody, the Bible says death and hell gave them all up. They all come and stand before the throne of God and got to be up there just to get one taste of glory. And it won't be glorious. It'll be horrific because they got to stand there. And this is what I rejected. Mm -hmm. You got to stand there in heaven. They got to stay because the Bible says no weapon to formed against you shall prosper. And it says in judgment, every tongue that spoke against you, you shall condemn. So the people that spoke against you but never accepted Christ, they're going to be standing right next to you. You are allowed to condemn. You remember what you said to me on planet Earth? Mm -hmm. You remember how you talked about me because I was serving Jesus and, and you talked about me because I gave to the church. You're giving all your money to the preacher and I prayed and you were at the club and you talked about me. Sorry, you were wrong. God allows you to do that. You're not going to want to do it, but God is going to make you do it. And they got to stand there in the midst of all of the people that they made fun of. That's why I'm not impressed by movie stars. Sitting up here fainting because somebody walked past you. I'm going to faint if you give me a billion dollars, not because you walked past me. <laughs> and in all communities, all races, they got this over-infatuation with Beyonce. I can't tell you the dream that the Lord gave me about Beyonce and Jay-Z. And in it, it was a rocket ship. And it was the last ship out of planet Earth. And both of them rejected that ship. And I was on the ship looking at them. And they didn't care. People are impressed with Beyonce. Why? Because she can shake her booty. And, and, and play music? What is that? I know some of you are going to be offended with that. That's just a monkey on stage acting a fool. But people are so impressed with that girl. But if that girl rejects Jesus, you, how you see Beyonce is how she's going to see you one day. Just a million times greater. She's going to be infatuated with this queen that is standing in front of her seven times brighter than the noonday sun wearing a robe and a gown she ain't never seen before that's made out of material that does not exist on planet earth. She's going to be impressed with you. And you got to go to hell. You got to stand before God and look at all of the glories of heaven and all of these people that you disdained and thought they were nothing because they served this king. You gotta stand in the midst of all of that and the Lord has to then review your stupid life and then he had to give you a sentence. And unfortunately, the sentence is the same for everyone, but the penalty is different. There are degrees of torment in hell. That's why Jesus would say, it'll be more tolerable for all of the homosexuals that were in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
He said, they'll be able to tolerate hell more than you will. He said, because they didn't see any signs and wonders. You did, and you still won't repent. Can you imagine how horrific that is? You, you come out of torment, and you get a moment of relief, and you want that moment to last forever. You got to look at the, the, can you imagine the music? <laughs> if, if they don't get it right, people like Jay-Z, Beyonce, and others, they'll be up there, and they'll hear music they have never heard before. And, and you got to sit up there and look at the angels and look at the Christians. You're going to feel, and, and here's the crazy thing. When they come out of hell, they're going to be naked. There ain't no clothes in hell. The Bible talks about how in heaven you are completely naked. It is a place where the Bible says you are clothed in shame, not clothed in clothes. You got to stand there and all of that. And then your final judgment comes. And the judgment is, did you accept the Lord? Well, we gave a lot of money in the community. Wonderful. I used that to bless people. Did you accept the Lord? Um, no, but, but when I was, I served him at an early age. Wonderful. But did you continue? No. You're going to go through all the excuses. Well, you rejected Jesus Christ. There's nothing to judge except for your sins. So, sorry. You got to go. And a portal opens up and they get snatched down. And now you got to go back to that place with a faint memory of where you were. And then that memory dies. And you can't even remember where you were. Because hell is a place of complete insanity. You literally are just constantly going insane forever. Now you can sit up here and say, I don't believe in that. You be my guest and play Russian roulette with that. I ain't playing with nothing like that. If you want to play with that and take a chance on your salvation, uh, you be my guest. You got Maybe you should be the pastor because you got a whole lot more boldness than me. When it comes to darkness, oh, man, I am unafraid of Satan and his mama and his grandmama and all of his relatives put together. But when it comes to God, let me tell you something. People are afraid of the dark. What you be afraid of is the light. There is no darkness in planet Earth that I can create to burn your body. But I can concentrate some light on your skin, and it'll start burning. It's the power of light that's violent, not darkness. The only way it can get dark in this room is if we start dimming the light. Darkness has no power. You just think it does because you have no light. Ooh, I didn't plan to share that, but that's serious, y'all. This is serious. And so because it's serious, that's why you should pray for your relatives as a lifestyle. The Lord is going to let some of your relatives go deeper into darkness, deeper into drugs, deeper into fornication, deeper into homosexuality, deeper into trouble. He's going to let them go deeper in and he's going to cover them with your prayers and let them go deeper in so that they one day are so disgusted with the nastiness of themselves. Now they're ready to get saved. In the words of Malcolm X, by any means necessary. There are some people, you're going to pray for your relatives, and God is going to strike them with cancer. You're not going to like that. But it's the Lord saving them. If I strike your relative with cancer for five years, what does it matter if they live in heaven forever? You understand what I'm saying? That book is called The Final Quest. Pastors walked up to Rick Joyner. By God's grace, he struck me with a terminal disease. And it made me as a pastor repent. Otherwise, as a pastor, I would have went to hell. There was a man who went to hell. He can't remember something. It's a book on hell. And he was being led around hell in different cubicles of torment. 
some of the nicer ones. He said one he went by was a pastor who wasn't living right. He's in hell in a, hu- in a cubicle with a Bible, still preaching, trying to get an invisible audience saved, slowly going crazy. You can have that. I'm serious. I don't mean to be demonstrative or comical or what, but y'all, I don't like to think about that. And you know what I really don't like to think about? What I really don't like to think about is what if I missed my opportunity? I don't like to think about what would happen if I had Arab parents on the other side that don't believe in Jesus Christ, or if I was my dad was an atheist, or the Lord didn't have I don't, mercy on me. I don't like to think about stuff like that. I don't want to think about what happened if I missed my one window. So I don't care nothing about this sin out here. You can have that foolishness. That was tough today, isn't it? It's, it's good. You need to be scared sometime. Go to a restaurant. Can I help you? Holiness. <laughs> Y'all got that on the menu today? <laughs> my, my sister's name. We know about that. Our grandmother. Our, our parents were like that. I mean, just they went too far with it, but. Okay, let's finish. God did not spare the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, turned them into heaps of ashes, He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. If this sin out here ain't bothering you, uh, you might want to double check your salvation. Righteous people are appalled by what's going on out here. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. There are two individuals that God is hard on, those who are in what we call the ABCDFQ community. Okay. This is going to sound like a strange statement. If you're going to be homosexual lesbian, just be that. Don't be stupid. Let me create new alphabets and, and have on an eyelash. Man, go to the grocery store, and this dude got on eyelashes, hit me in the face. They so long. Don't, don't, just, be a, just be a regular sinner. You know what I'm saying? Just That's how I think. I know I'm probably wrong, but it, that's how I think. He said he's especially hard on those who follow their own twisted desire of sex and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, hence pride movement. Proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. You, you hear, I hear people say more and more, I I, I'm not concerned about the devil or God. Yeah, you will be. <laughs> if I could just put you in a room with one, we'll see who walks out first. <laughs> Last one. No, two more. We'll read this one. This one's harder. Romans 1.20. Ever since the world created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. 
They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yet they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Not a regular fool, an utter fool. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself. What would you call that today? Everybody giving thanks to the universe. He says it right there. He said in the last days, he said they're going to just worship what God created. The universe is on it today. You know, the universe aligns things. Yeah, God created a universe. God is the one who aligns things. Worshiping the universe is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You're going to worship the universe? Anyway, go ahead. Be my guest with that. There it is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you stand before the Lord, and then the universe is going to speak. <laughs> you remember what God said? You remember that scripture in the Bible? It says, I saw the death, uh, hell, and grave. Everybody stand before the Lord. It says, God showed his face, and it says, the whole galaxy tried to run in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay. That's why God abandoned them to their shameful deeds. Even the woman turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. The men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. You know what God is saying? If you're that stupid, what happens to you is what, is what you get. Okay. Now, I'm going to say something that most of you don't know. A couple of you may. CDC is keeping this real quiet. Right now in Atlanta, there is a plague going through the homosexual community. A straight plague. Killing them off. And they ain't saying nothing about it. Straight plague. The wages of sin is death. If you want to go. I saw something this morning. And I was just like, this is really getting crazy. This is really getting crazy. How, Ladies, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Ladies, how many of you know that some of these homosexual men out here make you so mad because these are some of the finest men that you've never seen? I don't know. I, <laughs> I just assume. Ask my wife. I, ask my wife. Yes. He nice looking? <laughs> she said he all right. And then I don't like it when she says, oh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, see, I didn't ask you to say it all like that. Stop asking you questions, man. Yeah. Ladies, have you noticed that? That some of these homosexual men, extremely handsome, in shape, manicured really, really well. I mean, artistic, clean. You just put your head down like, I am so mad right now. You might have walked one past one of your husbands one time. That's a possibility. It's a possibility you walk past a homosexual man and that man was ordained to be your husband. Now you got to wait on somebody else to get right. Same thing with the women. 
Now, what's crazy is, now this is just a general statement. What's crazy is with some of the men, they're extremely attractive. But with some of the women, some of them look like monsters. I'm not saying that from a, I'm just saying that, I'm trying to help you understand, this is being done by the dark side to throw you off. It's being done by the dark side. Use the most attractive men, and you see these two attractive men getting together, and, and people, what pe even the worldly people are deceiving themselves, they know in their heart this is not right. You got two men with a beard getting ready to get married. That's not, no, that's not, I'm sorry, that's not, that is... And now it's just getting crazier and crazier. They got something called thruples, quadruples, where three people get married together, four people to get married together, people marrying animals, people having wedding ceremonies with trees. And I'm very serious. We're going to tell you that. If you come in here and talk about you want to marry a cow, I'm going to kick you right in your, I'm going to drop kick you right in your jaw. It's, we have to, see, let how they get people is, let me tell you why that could never happen. Let me tell you why we would never get sued. It's because churches are allowed to write their own laws. So if a couple comes in here and asks, now first of all, people, most people know about the church. They don't know. Don't, don't go over here and ask him nothing because he'll be in jail before he do anything for us. Okay, so they know. But, but how they get churches is, is, that, is that if a couple asks me to marry them, same-sex couple, and I say no, they will then go and get a lawyer. That lawyer will call me and say, can I see your laws, please? And I show him my laws. If in our laws it does not say that we do not marry same-sex couples, they have a lawsuit and they will win. If they come and the lawyer says, let me see your laws or bylaws, whatever they're called, and it says in there, as a church, we do not marry same-sex couples. We don't marry people who got sex changes. We don't marry people to trees. We have to put all of this stuff in there. We don't marry people to animals. When he sees that, the moment he sees that, he will tell the couple, you have no case. Go to another church and see if you can sue them. These are things that we have to learn. That's why I had to invest in a top organization instead of just going with somebody for free. Understand what I'm saying? Y'all got me? Verse 28, since they thought it foolish to uh, acknowledge God, she might be in. Oh, if she has a question, I'll tell her I'll, ask her, I'll answer her question at the end. Yeah, just write it down. She probably got some good questions. <laughs> since they thought it foolishness to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their own foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of envy. I'm sorry, full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate. All of these things don't exist in heaven. Greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, or just arguing all the time about nothing. This is a generation that loves to argue. Let me tell you something. Never mind. I don't even need to mention that. Deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, Insolent means rude and disrespectful behavior or tone. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. Refuse to understand. I can't stand people like that. You know you're wrong, and you just refuse to accept it. Break their promises, heartless, and have no mercy. It's amazing. We live in a culture of no mercy. Somebody makes one mistake, and every, everyone who doesn't work at the company demands that the CEO gets fired. Why? You didn't build the company. It's amazing. How I many know I could make one mistake? You all would forgive me, 
but everybody else would demand my resignation. How many say, so the best thing to do is to not make that mistake. I might be putting some things in your mind. No, it's not going to happen. God and the devil make up before you see me do anything that's going to bring shame on the church. Lord already told me, he said, you mess up. There's some people that will leave me forever. I'm not going to heaven. And the Lord gives me a laundry list of people who didn't make it because of my stupidity. See, that's why a lot of people are not allowed to lead. And because they're not allowed to lead, they make themselves leaders. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Okay? So, a young lady I had to tell this week, you know, her daughter is fully blown lesbian, and mother, the daughter stays bitter at her because the mother won't accept it. Should I accept it? I said, no, it's sin. You can still love her without accepting sin. It's the same, it's, it's simple. You know, but it's, it's, I don't know what makes things. See, let me tell you something. Because uh, I only got one more, literally. But let me say this, since I got a second. Because I, I sent some things hanging in the balance. <laughs> God created everything. One of the ways that you can tell that it's off nature, it can't recreate. Anything that cannot recreate. This is the reason why scientists are trying to figure out a way for a man to have a baby. Because they know it is not natural. Everything, the Bible says, reproduces after its own kind. That is the reason why the universe is still multiplying, is because it's reproducing after its own kind. That's the reason why you plant one tree, it will have in it a bunch of seeds for another tree. Trees are multiplying, grass is multiplying, flowers are multiplying, animals are multiplying. Everything is multiplying. Why? When it can multiply, it's because it's natural. If you can't multiply, it's not natural. A man and a woman are the only thing that can multiply. If you put two men together, they can't multiply. If you put two women together, they cannot multiply. That's why it's called perversion of nature. Well, I feel this way. I didn't feel like coming here this morning. That didn't mean it was right. There are five doors to homosexuality and lesbianism. I'm not going to teach on that. It's five doors that causes a person to make that happen. But see, the Satan pretty much got the planet on lockdown because one of the biggest things about that lifestyle is the person has a demonic creature in their body that forces the way that you think and forces the way that you feel. Well, you know how we know that? Because uh, when we cast demons out of homosexual people, that's what they tell us. One was cast out of a female priest. And it's funny. Watch this. See, you'll, see a, you'll see a boy who grew up a particular way, and then his whole voice changes. His whole mannerism changes. It's because there's something on the inside of him. So then when you get it outside of them, they still may act that way because of muscle memory. Doesn't mean that they're gay or lesbian. They got to learn how. Y'all understand me? You want But ain't, ain't, ain't nothing worse than a d demonic creature coming out of something. I'm the one to make all the ministers gay. I don't know who you're talking about, dude. Because you ain't making me nothing. <laughs> so, but everybody, shh, let's keep quiet about that. Let's convince all the preachers that demons don't exist. Now, we casting them out every single weekend. Nisi and I had to do one just the other day on Zoom. Girl just called me acting berserk. Berserk. Demon calling me out by name. 
Otha. They don't call me pastor. They don't want to respect me like that. They call me by my first name. The spiritual realm does not respect titles. I have never been called Pastor Otha by a demon. Any of y'all ever been called by your title? No. They call you by your name. Or they call you some other names that I won't be mentioning right here. But the reality is, is that they pull you, they entice you, and then what happens is your soul opens up to one of those creatures. And then they begin to change your personality. Do y'all remember the man in the Bible? It says that he was insane. He was insane and he had supernatural strength. And it said nobody could even bind a man with chains. Why? It was a creature on the inside of him. A creature that made him feel a particular way. A creature that gave him supernatural strength. A creature that made the man think he was a monster. And when the creature was cast out, the man instantly became back to himself. Instantly, in one moment, he came back to himself. And the church or the world wants to ignore this thing that there are invisible monsters around us every day, making us into physical monsters. And then the ones that God gave the boldness to and the weapons to, they won't do nothing about it. You ain't seen perversion yet. You ain't seen it yet. There is a movement right now where people are trying to transform themselves into animals. It's, oh, it's going to get real goofy. It's going to get real goofy. Real goofy. Okay? But I'm telling you. <laughs> Whatever. And so now they're creating algorithms to hunt down the preachers that are talking about this. They got lawyers working on right now that we we will get in trouble if we mention that word and we will get in trouble with what they call conversion therapy. I don't do conversion therapy. I do demon therapy. It is a being that has crept on the inside of your being and it is controlling the way that you feel. Y'all remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer said, when I eat dead people, I get the same feeling as when a man has sex with his wife. How is that possible? Because it's a creature on the inside of you. And nobody is telling these kids this. So you just see the little girls walking hand in hand with their little girlfriend, and you see the boys doing all this type of stuff, and then you got three or four of them walking together like a pack of wolves. No, I'm, no, I'm, that's not comical. I'm just the, the, one, of the, one of the strongest spirits in the homosexual lesbian community is what, you call, what we call a wolf pack. Okay, it's, it's, they walk in packs. It's like a wolf type of pack. I don't know if you've ever seen that, a group of homosexuals all walking together, and you can feel it. You can feel it as they come in. But they can also see, don't, don't see that guy right there? You don't mess with him. Yeah, he's he going to kill us. Okay, I know what I'm telling you. I've had, i never forget, when we first opened up the church, when we first opened up the church, there was a man who called me on the phone. He saw an interview. He was one of the first people who came to the church. Probably one of the first members. He was only a member for a day. God has anointed me and appointed me and called me to help you. I'm going to help you with everything. I see that you are the truth, and we're going to go higher together. Boom, 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 boom. Talking all that yinging that I ignore when people tell me. He's sitting right out there in the audience. And I didn't know that the man was a gay man. He was trying to foster a relationship with me as a new pastor. Yeah, that's just, you'll see God and the devil at the movies together sharing popcorn. Watch an empire strike back before you see me being gay. 
see how that was I just said it was so stupid? That's how extreme it is where you're going to see me up here flaming with anything except for fire from above. <laughs> I want you to think about this. God puts in the Bible, he said, do you remember the city called Sodom and Gomorrah where every man and boy was gay? Yes. Don't you remember that I killed all of them? Yes. Yeah, because it was an example of what I'm going to do to you if you go into that lifestyle. And if you go into it, whatever happens to you is what you deserve. You can get mad at God all you want to. You're not going to change his mind. God created everything perfect. So if you create it another way, it's perversion. It's as simple as that. And let me say something. You say, why do church focus so much on homosexuality? There are all different types of poison. All sin is poison. There is some poison where you get a mild headache or you get a stomach ache. There are some poison where you're down for a day. We got to take you to the doctor. There are some poison where now you've entered into a coma at the hospital. And there are some poison, you've seen it in a movie, the guy's getting ready to, they're trying to make the guy give up secrets and he pulls something out of his pocket and bites it. Oh, and he dead in three days, three, three seconds. Okay, well, guess what? All sin is poison, but when you get into the, the greater degree of sin, it kills you faster. Like to hear another stat that they're not telling you? It's a reason why you very rarely see old homosexual men, because most of them die before 50. That's a scientific fact. I got relatives that are way. You might want to start praying for them as a lifestyle, because it doesn't matter how deep in sin you are. God is a master at pulling you out. But if you think you go go to heaven with your own ticket and another way, when he told you, he warned you, and you think you're going to get up there another way, you be my guest with that. You can't even get into another country with your own visa. But you're going to go to another realm with your own mindset. God will let me in. All right, I'm going to stand right there and see if you can change his mind. Mm, well, that portal opened up and you disappeared. Next. <laughs> Are y'all following me? So if you have relatives that are like that and any other type of sin, put their name on a piece of paper and ask the Lord to begin to convict them. Ask the Lord to send people across their path. We have a movie with a couple. You want to hear something deep? We had a couple that used to be members here. They made a movie about 12, six homosexuals and six lesbians who went fully into the lifestyle and then came out. If you'd like to see the movie, I will send it to you. You have to send me a text or an email who I might get inundated today, Jesus. But the movie is about six homosexuals and six lesbians who came out the lifestyle. Many homosexuals and lesbians begin to give their life to Christ and come out of that lifestyle based on that movie. It's a multicultural cast. It was unbelievable. One guy said that when he got ready to think about coming out, he was in a homosexual light club, and the Lord opened up his eyes. He said he kept trying to leave the club. Why can't I leave this club? The Lord opened up his eyes. He said they were demons at the entrance with pitchforks. Every time he tried to walk out, they put the forks there. He couldn't walk out. So each, each testimony is unbelievable. But the couple that created the movie, they then turned to perversion themselves. And when I say they turned to perversion, just straight twisted perversion. Married couple. Created a movie that delivered people. They themselves used to get people saved. And now they out there doing something that ain't even in a category. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. 
And the crazy part is, is that his wife came to me. She said, Pastor O. I said, yes. I had two strange, horrific dreams. I said, well, I hate to tell you this, but this dream is saying that you're getting ready to fall into something and your husband ain't going to be able to help you out of it. The Lord was warning her, your husband is getting ready to take you into something. Don't go. And I'm very, I wasn't surprised at him, but I was surprised at how she went for this foolishness. Yet, because whoever you're going to set free, what kept him in prison now tries to put you in one. That's why there are so many people even here. You are brought to this church by somebody else, and the person that brought you is not here. Stuff is real. So, based on that, here's everyone's attitude. John 8, 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Another type of sin. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What say ye? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. We have no idea what he was writing down. Some people said that he started writing down the sins of the individuals that brought her. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned pick up the first rock. <laughs> I love that. Then he stooped down again and started writing in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, because they had more sins to think about. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Here we go right here. Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. It's amazing scripture. He was just simply, guess what God's attitude is? I don't hate you. I was actually protecting you while you were doing it. He protected her from the men who were right about her situation. That's crazy. He protected her from the men who were right. I don't know if he was thinking, but he flipped it on them. Since y'all so quick to judge, anybody that's never seen, you pick up the first rock. They all left. Now it's perfection in front of perversion. He said, none of them condemn you? She says, no. She's waiting for him to condemn her. He said, neither do I. Just stop sinning. Walked off. It's that simple with God. Just stop. Just stop. But unfortunately for a lot of people, you can't tell them to just stop. You got to throw a bucket of water on their hand, put some snakes in their bed, you know, threaten them with a lawsuit, and they still won't stop. And with God, it's very simple. I am not mad at you the same way I was not mad at the woman in adultery. He didn't ask her, who is the husband? Who'd you do it with? Where are they at? He didn't counsel her. Those are necessary sometimes. Jesus said, oh, I don't condemn you, but stop. Okay, stop. That's what God is saying to you today. Any area where you're doing something, you got to go to God and say, Lord, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. Everybody say stop. stop. It's that simple with God. It's not simple with men. I don't care about men. 
care about God. That's why I try to carry myself like him. God is just simply stop. And if you stop, put up Leviticus. I forgot about that little small one. Joshua, I'm sorry. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, because tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That's why he's asking you to stop. Would you stop? Because if you stop, I'm going to do some stuff that's going to blow your mind if you stop. But if you don't, I don't hate you, but you're going to dig your own grave. It's up to you. Y'all got me? Let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, it's interesting you gave that dream that the church member had. God wants us to know that dream was two years ago. We're not there right now. Last night he gave me a dream, and in the dream I heard plumb line. And he woke me up out the dream and had me declare judgment three times in the atmosphere. When I woke up this morning, kind of remembering what happened, I read Amos 7-8. So a plumb line, if you all don't know, it's a line with a plumb attached to it, and it's used for finding the depth of water or determining the vertical on an upright surface. Amos 7-8 says, The Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, A plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I am setting a plumb line as a standard, among my people Israel, showing the defectiveness of the nation requiring judgment. I shall not spare any, mm, I shall not spare them any longer. The door of mercy is shut. We have a very short window. If you all miss it, by the end of this year, you're going to miss it. The dream was warning two years ago where we should be at right now. But God is merciful, but he's saying that door is shutting. Take heed when he speaks to you. Take heed when pastor teaches us. Take heed because the window of opportunity is shutting. And like the dream said, if you miss it, you're going to miss it. You're going to be removed and replaced. And it's no coming back from that. Amen. Before we go, I feel prompted to speak to the woman or the man that was hyper-sexualized as a child. You may not know what that word means, but you know what it was when you experienced it. So what it means is when you were a child, an innocent boy or an innocent girl, there were things that you were exposed to, things that happened to you that took away that innocence and as you grew you didn't grow correctly you developed certain appetites you developed certain habits because of that exposure be it pornography or things that were done to you against your will so you grew incorrectly you set out down a path that was not right and you might feel like you are trapped in unending cycles like your heart is crying out for deliverance your heart is crying out for freedom 
and you don't know quite how to get there. You just know your heart is crying out. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be embarrassed. Your Heavenly Father loves you. And where men can look at you and judge you, and judge your exterior, and judge your actions, your Father knows why you've made the decisions that you've made. He knows why you have those struggles. He knows why you have those habits. He knows the beginning point of what led you down this path. And it may have began 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It may have started 50 years ago. Your father loves you. We love you. We want to see you free. We want to help you get free. And help you live the life that God has ordained for you to live. If that is you, you can see me or see my husband or any of the other ministers here to find out how you can obtain that freedom. How you can receive that healing. We love you here. There's no judgment. No reason to be ashamed. Because it wasn't your fault. It was not your fault. It's not your fault. So I speak freedom and deliverance in the name of Jesus. I speak it now in the name of Jesus. May every burden of your pain be broken now in the name of Jesus. May you be free of the shame that you have carried. The embarrassment you have carried for something that was not your fault. May God heal you. May God heal you. the top of your head the soles of your feet and the inner workings of your soul your spirit and your body in the name of Jesus for the devil may no longer keep you bound for I open this prison door and command you to walk out in the name of Jesus And just as Jesus called Lazarus forth in those grave clothes from his death, I'll call you forth in the name of Jesus. Rise. Rise and live. No longer bound by death no longer bound by habits and demonic influences no longer bound by shame and embarrassment 
no longer bound no longer bound no longer bound oh come on let's lift our hands and give God thanks for that blessed be your holy name thank you Lord God for divine interruptions in order to set men and women free hallelujah thank you Jesus glory to God hallelujah thank you Jesus Satan will fight against this place until the end because we are trying to make men and women understand how valuable they are you can leave on this note since my wife shared that by the Spirit. It is hard to remember this. You've heard it before. Maybe a couple of you is the first time. You take a $100 bill, you look at it as a $100 bill. If you crumple it up, open it back up as a $100 bill. If you throw it on the ground in the mud, pick it back up, it's still a $100 bill. If you flush it down the toilet, it's still a $100 bill. And the things that we go through don't make us lose our value. It's just that sometimes we have to be cleaned up a little bit. Okay? Sometimes you might throw the $100 bill down on purpose. Other times it may have fallen out of your pocket. There are a lot of things, I dare say most things that happened to us were not our fault. Good and bad. And God knows these things. The Bible says that God has great mercy for us because he knows that we are but dust. And the unfortunate thing is is that God's representatives have not created a place of safety for men to understand. I understand that my value has not changed. I just need you to pray for me so I can get this off of my back. People come in the door and they're ashamed. The church makes people feel ashamed. All the way down to when I was growing up, you couldn't come to the church if you had on pants. It makes people feel low. What if you can't afford? Y'all know what I'm saying. So. So there was a great deliverance that happened for some people here this morning, you know, but if you want to reach out to us further, reach out. There have been people that approached my wife and I after being here for six, seven years. We said, why'd you take so long? They said, I've been so abused from the past with pastors. I just had to watch y'all and make sure that y'all were legit, you know, and uh, it's just hard dealing with this, you know, because God can, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Remember that. But remember. God forgets, you remember, Satan reminds you. There is nothing that anyone has done in here that would ever make God even think about turning his back on you, whether you did it or someone else did. And that's important to remember that no matter what, even the people in hell, their value is still the same. They just made a wrong decision. Y'all got me this morning? I mean, you know, it's been a good day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Seal these things in your heart. As you see others get delivered, watch it so that you can help others get delivered. I don't ever want to be a man where people are ashamed. I'm doing something wrong if people feel ashamed. You're supposed to feel empowered. Jesus made people feel empowered. The religious men make them feel like nothing. Remember the guy that got healed and they kept asking him the same question. He said, well, I told y'all what happened. He said, do you want to be Jesus' follower? And they said, boy, you were all together born in sin. Y'all weren't? <laughs> it's amazing what religion's done. So 
Let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, for the strong word that you have given us, the revelations and insight that you have blessed us with. Thank you, Lord God, for the ones who answered the call today to come up higher. We thank you, Lord God, for divine interruption by the Holy Ghost to bring freedom to men's hearts, to bring freedom to women's hearts, to bring freedom to the hearts of children. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace being with us on today. We know that every service is recorded in heaven. We will get a chance to see them all again, to see the interworkings of the invisible as we minister to you and you ministered unto us. Let there be great favor and progress that goes before us not only today, but for the remaining part of the week. Bless your people this week and let this be the best week that they have ever had. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Give your neighbor a hug. Tell them to have a wonderful day. If you're a first-time visitor, come introduce yourself to us for a moment.